awkward part of this whole process is that walk where you like can't say anything and like everyone's looking at you and it's oh all right what am I supposed to say in this moment the second most awkward part is leaving the green room where there's all this sweetest fish and all I want to do is eat sweetest fish the entire time but I appreciate you guys having me out here um, I like to give speeches like I like to be spoken to so I'm on target here for 30 minutes um, I can't sit in one space for 30 minutes. So I'm gonna go about 12 minutes and then I'm gonna open it up to a Q&A because I just love to kind of talk about some questions you have or whatever you wanna talk about, I'd like to get into that. But um, Shiley, Naya, thank you so much for the opportunity to come in and, and chat with you ladies. First of all, you guys are super confident. There's a lot of presence inside of here and that's exciting. So it's cool to be inside of this and get the opportunity to chat. A little bit about myself. Um, seven years pro, grew up in South Carolina, uh, a little bitty town smaller than Cornelius, which is where you are now. There's like two stoplights, um, cows, chicken, no soccer balls, only football, baseball, and basketball. Um, but I was a little kid with this dream in my heart, and the dream was just pro ball. Didn't matter what it was, it was just going to be pro ball. It was that or die, right? And I literally just decided that, I, I don't know whether or not I was um, just not smart enough to go any other direction or just really stubborn and wanted what I wanted. But I went on this journey and um, was recruited to the College of Charleston, okay, as a recruited walk-on. I got offered no money. They basically told me, hey, um, you're good, but you're not good enough. So come, come play if you'd like. Um, I had offers from other smaller schools, but I wanted to play on the D1 stage. How many of you are athletes? How many of you want to play a D1 sport, Division One? Yeah, you got goals, right? You want to play D1. For those of you who don't, that's okay, but you want to play and, and compete, right, at a, at a high level, and that's most important. So, set out on this journey, and, and it was almost like I had anger inside of my heart, right? Because why does everyone think that this little guy from Easley, South Carolina can't play ball, right? Like, what is this? Why, I, I'm so good inside my mind. I'm thinking, I can do this. I can prove these guys wrong. So, four years later, I ended up being the second player ever to enter, enter the MLS draft from our school because all I decided to do was just devote myself, partly because of anger, but partly because I had this commitment inside my heart that I wanted to chase something, right? that I wanted to create the life that I could see inside my mind into reality. Right? Seven years later, I had an incredible career. I played in the MLS, I got to play in Africa, I got to play in United Kingdom. I got to play in Scandinavia. I got a real cool opportunity to live that dream. But at one point, I got injured. And I had placed my whole identity inside of that life, the life of a pro athlete. Okay, it was how much money could I make? How many cool materials could I possess? And how cool could I look in front of people? Right, and that's a dangerous, dangerous path to go on. Because when I got injured and there was no more soccer for 16 months, I was rehabilitating my knee, all of a sudden I lost myself. I had no confidence. I had no real idea for an identity. Who was I? If I wasn't a soccer player, 
what was I? Like, what am I about? Right? And as you think about where you are right now, as you're developing as a human being, most of you are in different places in your life. Some of you are just trying to figure out what it is you like doing or figuring out what kind of peer group you're in, right? Others of you are trying to figure out what you want to study and maybe looking further down the road at what you want to do with the rest of your life as you enter college, thinking about what you want to study, right? I never thought about that. Nothing other than soccer. So when soccer removed, there was this space that was created. And it was empty. There was nothing. And I was lost for a very long time. So lost that I started to spiral down in this negative thought process. How many of you have started to doubt yourself and get really overwhelmed with doubt to where you literally get paralyzed and you don't make a move, you don't make an action? You know, my friends are going to hang out. I don't know if they like me or not. I'm not sure, have they been talking about me? And then all of a sudden you just make the decision to stay at home and you don't go out at all. Raise your hand if you've ever had that situation before. Let's be honest. We've all had that to some degree, right? That happened to me in my life. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to do anything until literally my life was l compiled of series of moments in a bed, depressed, injured knee, sad. That was a scary moment. I actually got to a place where I didn't want to live anymore. I had no desire to continue to move forward. If my knee was done and my soccer career was over, I didn't want to live because I had no other plan. So one day in Vancouver, I had sold my car to have rehabilitation to keep my knee go, keep, to better my knee. I had been given a bike because I was basically dumping all the money that I had into rehab. So I was given a bike to commute. Um, and the physiotherapist told me, he said, hey, look, your knee's not in great shape. Last ditch effort or you're going to have to retire. You should use this bike and you should ride your bike everywhere you go throughout the whole summer to try to rehab your knee if you really want to devote yourself to winning your, your dream of being a pro athlete back. So every day I got up, I got on my bike, rode to rehab, and then I went to coach to, to make some money. It was the hardest six months of my life. It was raining in Vancouver, it was cold, it was nasty, but, but one moment I decided this isn't worth it anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. So on a bridge in Vancouver, it's called the Lionsgate Bridge. I got off my bike, I was full of tears, and I just made this decision that I wanted to power off, like could shut your computer down, really. I just wanted to end how I felt inside myself, anxious, depressed, worried, and I started to climb the bridge. I got about my feet as high as this, um, this flag here, and I could hear like this voice of my mom inside my ear. It was almost as if she was speaking literally in, into my ear with her, with her hands like over my ear. It was clear as day. It was the most profound like connection to my mother that I've ever felt. Even more profound than I was like in her presence. It, was, it still gives me chills to think about it today. And she said to me what she used to tell me when I was scared and I was a, a, a young child. She said to me, it's going to be okay. You're going to be all right. It's going to be okay. You're going to be all right. And immediately in that moment, I remembered that there are so many more people in my life that care, that have no idea of what I've been suffering through inside of my mind because I hadn't expressed 
with confidence what was going on. So in that moment, I had to make a decision. Was I going to be selfish and make a decision for myself? Or was I going to think about all of the other people inside my life who actually care, who actually are invested in me and want to see me succeed? And so it was this moment. Is it me or is it they? And that moment was a a moment that another space was created because you made a decision, right? And I tell people all the time, when you make a decision for your future, literally what happens is you get into this room with a thousand doors and your job is to shut 999 of them and walk through one. My decision, the first decision was to live. That was the first door that I walked through. Then there was another decision that needed to be made. What do I want to do now? How am I going to live? What person do I want to be? Then it's another decision. 999 doors shut again, one walk through. The next decision grows. My knee starts feeling better. I start feeling more confident. I start thinking that being vulnerable and telling my story, talking about suicidal thoughts, that doesn't make me weak. That actually makes me powerful. You can feel my soul and my heart when I speak because I've been there. I felt it, I've seen it. So I started to speak more. I started to tell stories more because inside of my soul is passion. And if I allow myself to reveal that and step into what it is that I am and what it is that I feel to be true about myself, then I can begin to be my best self. So my life continued but that space was created and continues to be created. So what I started was a company called Creating Space, where I teach you on a daily basis to go inside, to reflect inside about who you are, to go through this introspective journey to find what it is that that I represent. What, What do I love? What do I care about? What lights me up? What gives me what's called flow state? Who's ever heard of the flow state? Raise your hand. Okay, I bet you felt the flow state. How many of you that are athletes have felt like when you got into a competition, everything else runs away, there is no time, there is no space, you're just in the moment. And then all of a sudden you come out of that and you're back in reality, time's back. Musicians, when you're performing, who's entered that flow state where you're not even thinking, you're just in it, you're reacting in the moment? Yeah, have you felt that? How many of you have been in a test where you're really engaged on question to question and you don't even remember that it, like 90 minutes goes by and you're finished the test and it's done. It felt like you were in that test for 15 minutes. That's flow state. What gives you that? Write that down right now. As you're thinking to me, what gives you that moment where you unlock? A couple of things do that to me. One is speaking. Two is exercise. Three, connection. What are your top three? What turns reality off and turns your passion on? Next thing I want you to think about. Every single day is a process and it's a three-step process for myself and hopefully for the people that understand what the Creating Space Movement is about. Number one is waking up in gratitude. Right now, what are you grateful for? Every morning when you wake up out of your bed, here's a question I want you to, or the the statement I want you to say to yourself. There is a person who is in first place 
in life. There's someone with an abundance of a lot of things. They're in first. But there's also someone somewhere who's in last. Last place. You are not them. Reason to be grateful. Number two, when you are sitting, here's my journal every morning. I wake up and I put these things in. Gratitude, what am I grateful for? Immediately. If I don't know what I'm grateful for, I can't be grateful, right? If I don't know what I'm grateful for, I can't be grateful. Number two, if I don't know what I wanna do that day, how am I ever going to do anything? So let's write those down. What do I wanna accomplish today? Simple question, who do I wanna impact? Simple thing I like to do on a daily basis if I can, when I'm in line at Starbucks, buy the person behind me the coffee. One smile could lead to two smiles, could lead to three. How am I going to impact someone by something I say? Right? What's your name here in the front row? Kenna. Kenna? McKenna. McKenna. I really like your hat. You make me feel like you're like Serena Williams or a tennis player. Do you play tennis? No. No? How did that feel when I gave you that compliment? Happy. Feel pretty good, right? How easy was that? How much emotional bandwidth or like psychological bandwidth did that take me to give her that? All right? How can you shift and alter the way someone else feels? No energy really expended at all in that moment. But I bet you she'll remember that for a while. Think about that. Impact. How are you going to take action every day to impact someone else? And then the last thing, simple reflection. I want you to write this question down because you should ask this question to yourself every single day at the end of the day when you lay your head down to rest. What is the best thing that happened to me today? What's the simple best thing that happened to me today? If you're not asking yourself that question, you're not circling back to the very most important piece that you start your day with, which is what? Gratitude. If I can start my day and end my day with gratitude, how can I be, be fearful? Because you cannot be afraid and scared in the same space, at the same time, right? So I'm gonna, I've been talking a lot. I'm trying to captivate your attention, but what I'd love are questions. I'd love to see what you're interested in. I'd love for you to ask whatever it is that fills you up, tell me. What do you like to do? And let's have a conversation, All right? First question I'll ask, who wants to answer that last question that I just put? What is the best thing that's happened to you thus far today? Who wants to answer that question? Anyone? All right, hit me. Right. So thank, what was your name, by the way? Oh, my name is Ashley. Ashley? Keep standing. I want to chat with you for a second. So she had an incredible moment where she was vulnerable, right? Vulnerability is power when we can talk about how we feel. Tell me one moment in your life where you've connected to someone and you had no idea that they would open up to you some things that you, you had no idea were going on with them. 
Right. That's very powerful, huh? Actually, that's awesome. I'm going to go and I'm going to keep going a little deeper with that. In that moment of connection and vulnerability, you probably were given some ideas. Who knows where those ideas come from about how to help? How did you help? Right. What a process there. First was connecting, asking a question, being real. When's the last time you had a real conversation with someone? Not about how many Instagram followers they have or how many Snapchat filters they've been using or none of that. What about like, what do you like to do? Uh, uh, sports. You like to play sports? Yeah. What's your, what's your favorite sport? Softball. Why? So you like camaraderie? Yeah, because I get to play with her. You, you get to play together? Yeah. But you don't get the hat? I uh, know. Oh. So, <laughs> so what's, what's the best moment you can ever think of about your softball career? Winning my team, the feeling of victory with everybody. So what's your name? Georgia. Georgia likes to compete. She likes connection. And she likes to be fit. Within a sequence of three questions, I can figure out her core beliefs. I can see what's important to her. And that's just the beginning. What's your name? Caitlin? What do you like? What do you like to do? What lights you up? You like volleyball. Why? You like being on a team? Camaraderie, exercise. What else? What's your favorite moment of your volleyball career thus far? winning so there's a lot in common here right friendships long-lasting friendships are based on similarities all right it's massively important that you take time today to connect with someone inside here that you haven't connected with and ask them serious questions things that really matter things that really matter because you never know how one conversation can spark a feeling inside someone that can significantly shift their day or make or keep them from making decisions that could change their life. All right. The only way you can do that, though, and the last thing I'll say before I'll open it up again for questions and answers um, is how are you going to do that? How are you going to worry about everyone else if you're not first taking care of who? Yourself right? It starts with you. You've got to really take the journey inside, recognize who am I? What do I believe? What do I stand for? And once you really believe that it's okay to be you, then you can take care of everyone else, right? Last thing, if you are hurting, if you do feel sad, the way you let go of that energy is what? If I'm rambunctious, and I've got all this energy in the beginning of the day, I can go and work out hard, can I? Yeah? I can take that energy and I can do what with it? You can release it. What about when you feel sad? Can you use that same process? How? By doing something good. Doing something good? Walking your dog. Walking your dog? What about talking about it? Is that the hardest part? 
It is, right? So, last thing. I want someone to stand up with confidence and tell me the best way to get through that awkward moment of having to tell someone about how you feel. What's your name? Cameron. Cameron. Right. So it just Do you feel more confident when you when you have those conversations and you speak truly and, and you what it is you're protecting yourself, you're standing up for yourself. Do you feel more confident a person after having that conversation? So she can give you help. And oftentimes we need help just like we want to help everyone else, right? So part of asking, part of being helped is asking to be helped, right? So when you're here this week, in closing, when you're here this week, ask for help. If, you, if you're scared, if you feel afraid or you're sitting beside someone that you don't know, sometimes asking for help is just saying hello and just connecting. Got it? Any other questions for me? No? Well, I appreciate you guys uh, allowing me to, you ladies, allowing me to come in and, and have a chat with you. And I'm excited for the rest of your week. Two rock star women um, in the back, Katie on the right, um, Lululemon ambassador, Courtney on the left, played nine years professional basketball in Europe. Um, and then this one over here, low in the corner, was a swimmer at Pitt. So three extremely impressive women that I hope you connect with today at some point before you take off. All right? Thank you very much.